0: Hey 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 who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary.
1: My name's Adam. And
0: welcome to episode 352. Wow. Welcome to another episode, another week. I hope you're all keeping well and safe. We hope you've had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something Doctor Who. Doctor Who related.
1: Related, yes indeed.
0: It's been a great week, hasn't it, for Doctor Who, bud, finally. <laughs>
1: finally. Well, wow. it feels like, what year is this? It feels like we've drifted back to 20-whenever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> we were saying, weren't we, uh, was it last week or a week before we were saying that... Um, it's just we were spoiled almost when we reviewed uh the last story that we did the time with that the read the the matt smith it was one of the time of the doctor yeah that's it yeah we were saying that we were we felt spoiled because we'd kind of forgotten almost how great doctor who was back Mm -hmm. back in the day from our point of view anyway Mm. and now it feels like it's just more of the same it's just more of the the thing and i do feel i'll tell you what mate i do feel sorry for for Chibbers and Jodie, crikey, because he, when Russell T. Davis was being interviewed at the BAFTAs and stuff and they dropped the announcement for the new Doctor, it was um, it was really difficult to to not think about that, uh, to, like solely about Doctor Who at the mm, moment. Yeah. And Russell, bless him, he did his best job, didn't he, to try and say like, look, don't worry, we're still ages away from all of my gump coming up. Well, still huge fans of Jodie we got some really good stuff from Jodie coming up and <laughs> so that just all went out the window didn't it a mere days later when they start <laughs> announcing new, another companion is Murray Gold coming back John Sim probably coming back we've got <laughs> David Tennant and Catherine Tate back like all of these things it's like well that's not doing a great job of sort of waiting until Jodie at least wait until she's gone <laughs> at least because <laughs> it must feel like I should probably play this down of course but she must feel like a little bit like, oh great, I'm not even out the door yet, and, you know, and it feels like you're all just excited about new Doctor Who and the new era and stuff. So, crikey.
1: Yeah, I mean personally, I, I couldn't care less about Shading Children, but I appreciate there are fans out there that do like them and are probably a bit miffed by all the excitement. But I, the thing is, and pe- people have been a certain section of fandom have been getting cross with with RTD because they said oh you said you weren't gonna you were gonna keep quiet and now it's all kicking off but they're filming in Camden in the middle of London with David Tennant with the TARDIS there's no way you can sort of keep this under wraps so they've kind of got no choice but to just put these announcements out and um, I, I just think to have this buzz back and the, and there is a huge buzz I mean the Dot 2 fandoms erupted again, and there's a lot of positivity, apart from the Jodie fans are annoyed that, you know, it's completely overshadowing her last <laughs> episode. But, um, but I don't, I'm uh, personally, I just, I'm so excited because I haven't felt like this in ages. I'm so excited, and I don't know about you. I, I'm not too bothered about spoiler pics. Like, I'm really loving seeing all these photos of them filming in Camden. I don't want too much spoiled. Like, you know, it, as long as it's just you know what we're getting now there's a sort of level i don't want to see you know major plot points posted on twitter or anything like that but but just seeing these photos and stuff of just them the tardis being put together and stuff like that i'm just loving it and tenant and in catherine and everyone else that we've been seeing on set as well it's really you know got me hyped for what's to come and this is just the beginning you know but it's the marketing as well isn't it because it's not just the posts from fans that are on the scene you know these little um funny little icon things that they've been posting out to get you guessing such a simple idea and I think this is what Russell is so good at is coming up with these little ideas uh, um that really get the fans working together to try and figure stuff out and I'm feeling a buzz from fandom I haven't felt in a very very long time it's so, amazing, um, isn't it? Yeah. so yeah so while I do I do sympathize with you know the JD fans I do honestly folk because of they will be thing. But for me personally, I'm like, let's go. I'm just so <laughs> up for this. It's because I was basically about to jump ship, I think, before now. I was just had enough. So this has got me straight back into it, you yeah. know, personally.
0: Yeah, snap. And it's not our fault. That's the BBC's fault for mm. announcing some great things. You know, we can't help but be swept up in it all. Because it does feel like the old days, mate. It does feel like... It really does. You yeah. know, when uh rtd and moffat both of them when they were showrunners we had these cool announcements back in the day we're like in between series or you know a, a new era coming up we'd have these very cool things and it's such a contrast to how chibbers has ran the show he's ran mm. things very secretively it's almost like it's almost like he's had a chat with the dudes that made game of thrones and they're like make sure that you don't reveal anything don't talk about the series. Don't do. Don't not say anything. Don't announce anything, mm. and then just let the fans build themselves up. And then when it gets to the episode, it'll be so amazing that they'll be loving you for it. But I don't know. I think that strategy's sort of gone against him a little bit because I tell you what, if Jodie's first series was an absolute banger and probably mm. one of the best since two thousand and five, then he could probably afford the luxury of of having that kind of play. You mm. know, yeah. And, cause
1: you've already built your audience. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: But, you know, let's not go into that. But when the when the uh, the episodes and the the writing for The Doctor has been a bit subpar, right, you know, from sort of mid series, what was it, 13? 12? Uh, what was Jodie's first one? Series 12? 11. 11, sorry. Yeah. So halfway through series 11, when things start to look, mm, this is not amazing, then you do all you can, I think, between those series to, to get your fans engaged and everything. But he just went the other way with it. And now, mm. literally, Russell's been he's been, he's not even, we haven't even had episode one yet of Russell's new era and it just feels just so good. It feels, mm-hmm. and it's probably, there's probably a tiny bit of, a tiny bit of nostalgia that's playing a part here as well. Right. Oh, let's not, definitely, yeah. let's yeah, not yeah. beat around the bush. It's not like we're, we're, we're sort of immune to that. Of course it is. It's great. It's great to have old faces back and old names being talked about and stuff like that. H- however, some of the new announcements, um, uh, Obviously Kyushie, you know, the new Doctor and um, the new companion, which we'll get onto in the news and stuff. That's just as exciting, though. You know, mm. they're brand new faces and fresh to everything. And that also feels very cool. So, yeah, it's it's been a really good, really good week to be a Doctor Who fan. And, and like you said, the majority of fans on Twitter and other socials have been mostly positive, like 95% of mm. of all the interactions that I've had and you've had and just witnessing what's been going on. It's been very cool. So that's a good thing. It's
1: a it's a difficult balance to have, isn't it? Though I mean, I, I do get it. I mean, I think when when series eleven started, I, I think we quite liked the fact that we didn't know a lot about the episodes. So, that, but it's getting that balance of like building up excitement, you know, like, and not revealing too much. So, I, I yeah, you, striking that balance is hard, I think. But at the moment, I mean, I don't know about you. What are you what are you like with spoiler picks? Do you? are you like me are you not too bothered about seeing film pics? or do you do you sort of is there a line where you think oh come on guys don't ruin everything like the fans are all over it and to be fair they're probably driving the filming crew nuts because they're probably you know they're probably they're constantly being told to move back apparently they're constantly being told to be quiet during takes you know must it adds a, a burden onto the actual filming crew there's no doubt about it um, but it's yeah. just, I suppose these days, it's just one of those things, what can you do about it? If you're going to be filming in the middle of London, you just know you're going to get crowds. Um, in fact, we'll we'll come on to this when we do our review of Day of the Doctor, but obviously you've got that scene where the TARDIS lands in the middle of Trafalgar Square, and Moffat says in the making of, like you know, obviously there were going to be hundreds of fans there. So I just wrote them into the script. So I just put barriers up and you can see people watching in the background because if a TARDIS was landing in the middle of Trafalgar Square, people would be watching with it being helicoptered in. So, you know, he just worked around it. And I love that about Moth. But it's one of those things, isn't it? You can't really get away from it in this and age. But how, how do you feel about spoiler picks? though? Are you are you cool with it? Or do you, would you know, do you prefer it if people didn't? post pics or what because as i said the buzz is great at the minute but we don't want everything ruined obviously it's just exciting yeah. after yeah. such a drought isn't it long drought
0: mm, it's one of those things it's um i don't mind it it's great because y- you get the uh you do get that buzz you know you get that that sort of like oh yes it's very cool like something's happening because there are times when the official word from the bbc or whatever program you're into whatever channel or studio is making it sometimes you can you never quite you never quite know if they're being hundred percent with you mm. you know so we have that a lot with um in the video game industry we have a lot of things that get said and then games get uh, postponed and put back and cancelled and everything so you never know a hundred percent if something's gonna come through so it's down to the fans with TV and film it's down to them to sort of give everybody a, actually this is really happening and it's very cool mm. but i think there is a line and but the problem is you can't, you can't police or govern that, nor that you'd want to, I guess. But like mm. it's a bit like when Boris Johnson said, OK, people of, of the UK, you need to use your common sense where it concerns COVID. You knew, everybody knew in an instant that that was just an absolutely ridiculous thing to say because individually somebody would be like, OK, yeah, I get what's going on. But as a, as a nation and as a group of people, that just goes out the window. As soon as he said yeah. that, mm. everybody was out. You know, and it's like common sense, what common sense? What are you talking about? It's the same thing with this. If you said to people, look, just use your common sense, don't go too mad with the the spoiler picks and everything, it just doesn't work. You know, people mm. just you will do it anyway. So yeah, I, I like it to a degree, but like you, I don't want to be completely completely done in so that when the episode arrives I'm like, Well, I've already seen all of this yeah you know. yeah
1: <clears throat> I was just thinking when Chibbers took over I think there was a bit of a part of us I think which felt like it felt new not to know anything and it was quite exciting and I think that really came from the fact that with Moffat's last series <laughs> poor old Moffat I love Moffat you know watching him in the well I was watching the making of Day of the Dot yesterday he, he's so I, I miss him he's so, so funny um, but he yeah, he just kind of gave up towards the end of Series 10. And in fact, he was just giving everything away at that point. So, we, you know, like the master reveal, remember that? They went to all that trouble of dressing up John Simm as this different character... And then Moffat just told us, like, straight off the bat, yeah, the Master's coming back. And that completely ruined that sort of what was supposed to be a shock reveal. Um, and I think at that point he was just, the ratings were about on decline and they just wanted something to try and draw people in. But otherwise, I think that would have been kept a secret. So we, I think that's why we went from all of that, from Moffat sort of just revealing everything in Series 10, or whoever, not necessarily Moffat, to Chibber's. Being the absolute opposite of like closing down the set and revealing nothing. That was quite exciting for a while because, like, yeah, we've, you know, it's quite nice not to know. But now we're at the point, I think, where fandoms in a very strange place. And I think to have, you know, Catherine and David back and seeing them filming, it's hugely exciting. And I feel like, um, I feel like we need this really. I feel like to. to yeah. In other words, I'm not bothered about the spoiler picks at the moment. I might get to a point where I'm thinking, oh, come on, guys, I don't want to see any more. Leave them to it. But at the moment, I'm loving it.
0: <laughs> I'm, and I'm loving it.
2: I'm loving it. Good.
0: Now, it is a good time. So any anyone that's listening to to this episode and have listened to us for a while, you will know that we don't actively seek out the whole spoiler pics thing we'll never go and collate them all and then post them for you and stuff like that no i don't
1: tend to post them. no
0: so if you want to go and seek them out and all that stuff then great but yeah try and at least tag your things with hashtag spoiler and stuff so if somebody does Mm. come across it they're like oh okay i can give this a swerve and that kind of thing so so yeah Okay, let's, um, well, I haven't, have you done anything Doctor Who? Why? Not, I'm not.
1: No, I haven't been off my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, haven't been off my phone. <laughs> no, apart from watching the extras, um, so I watched Day of the Doctor for our review, obviously, um, and I, I just felt like I'd watched some of the extras on the, on the Blu-ray, because I haven't watched them for a while. So I watched the read-through, uh, with Matt and David, you know, where they sit around the table and do the scripts read-through, and Moffat's there, uh, and, I, and that was just brilliant. I've never watched that before, believe it or not, um so yeah i really enjoyed that and i also watched the making of and the 50th trailer dude the 50th trailer oh my god the feels because it's on the blu-ray you know the one it's like a sort of animation style with photo and i don't know how they do it you probably know being a designer but you know that one where they have all the doctors in it and all the screen keeps moving around from one to the other you got like the fourth doctor Mm. floating through space with jelly babies and what a trailer that was um so yeah, apart from watching the extras on the Blu-ray, I haven't really done much else.
0: <laughs> same, yeah. It's a cool trailer. But I know what you mean. It's like freeze frame oh, and the camera sort of gorgeous. rotates. Yeah, it's wicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With
1: music as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm thinking like if we get anything near this for the 60th, um, it's going to be
0: amazing. It will be, right? Like, yeah. Mm. I haven't, I haven't done anything Doctor Who otherwise. Other same as you. Just check out some of the features on it. and... For our review story, etc. So before we land or jump in the TARDIS, should I say, and do some of this news. I told you earlier, it's no good saying, you know, just be have some common sense and be sensible. (laughs) You don't have to do that when listening to the Big Blue Box Podcast. Just grab the show. Quite the opposite. (laughs) Quite the opposite, yeah. Whatever whatever your fave podcast app is, just do a search for us, you'll find us on there. Give us a like and a follow. When a new episode lands every Friday, so you won't miss it if you subscribe. And then just go and check out all the other episodes everything's there all the way back to to uh, the archaic times of 2014 <laughs> go and listen to all the shows there so you can do that in your faith podcast app or if you're if you're at work and you're like oh should be doing these should be doing this report but i think i'm going to listen to a podcast you can listen to it in a browser as well just head over to the website bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can to all the episodes over there as well plus you can check out all of the reviews and articles from the writing team and we're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. You could give a search, uh, you do a search at the Big Blue Box or there are links on the website again. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week. We don't post any spoilers, but we chat Doctor Who, so come and get involved over there and we have a free Discord server. Link is on the website. Hop over there. And chat Doctor Who with other Who fans. It's all good. And also check out Adam's channel over on YouTube. It is, of course, The Geeks Handbag. The
1: Geeks Handbag. Yeah, I'm a YouTuber, are I? <laughs> yes, go and check out my channel. Lots of Doctor Who vids on there. <laughs> <laughs> also on the socials facebook twitter and instagram
0: i'm a youtuber you not
1: i i'm a youtuber
0: you know me <laughs> right it used to be a cool thing it used to be no it's still cool dude In, don't say is that. it yeah well i don't know <laughs> come on it's a it's great tiktok
1: thing. now isn't it it's all blooming tiktok now
0: <laughs> talking of tiktok let's do the news First up, following on the heels of the announcement last week for the new Doctor, we now have an announcement for a new companion that's joining the cast mm. of Russell T Davis's upcoming new return to Doctor Who, I guess you'd call it. So the Beeb have officially announced this one, so this isn't a rumour that's, uh, that's been doing the work. So they've actually announced it, which is great. So Yasmin Finney is going to be joining the cast of Doctor Who series 14. She'll be playing the character of Rose. Mm. Oh, and is currently filming scenes <laughs> that are due to air in 2023 to coincide with the show's 60th anniversary. And I've not seen this show. I've heard it's very good, but apparently she's really good in the Netflix series Heartstoppers. Mm. I've heard that's a really good show. So I'm going to check that out at some point, but uh, I've not seen it yet myself. But apparently she's very good. Uh, she plays the character of Ellie Argent in that. And also, talking to TikTok, dude, she's massive on TikTok is she yeah Uh, she doesn't surprise me yeah she's noted as one of the biggest influences on that channel i'm not sure if she's on insta and twitter and other things but she's definitely on definitely on tiktok and uh she's really open on on her social stuff um those of listeners that don't know that yasmin is transgender so her a lot of her um social media and and stuff like that she's really open about that stuff and she just wants it to be very inclusive and very open and stuff. So she's really cool with that. So yeah, I mean over twelve million uh uh views and stuff on her on her videos and stuff, dude. And she's got nearly a hundred thousand so uh, well nearly three hundred thousand, i think followers by the time this episode goes out but uh yeah and then she had she gave us a little quote as well an official thing she said if anyone would have told eight-year-old yasmin that one day she'd be part of this iconic show i would never have uh, in a million years believe them this show has a place in so many people's hearts so to be seen as a trans actress by the legend himself russell has not only made my year it's made my life i cannot wait to begin this journey and for all you and for you all to see how rose blossoms get ready so that sounds very cool she's up for it and then russell follows up with life on doctor who gets brighter and wilder how can there be another rose you'll find out in 2023 but it's an absolute joy to welcome yasmin to, to the doctor who set we all fell in love with her in heartstopper one of those shows which changes the world and now yasmin can change the universe. so what do you reckon dude i reckon this is a great announcement another good follow-up
1: I was thrilled with this because I, I've um, just finished watching Heartstopper. Um, I, I bought the graphic novels like uh, about a year ago. So now that everyone's like watching it and talking about Heartstopper nonstop, I'm like, oh, I was there a year ago. I'm like, you guys are so behind. But <laughs> um, Heartstopper is just such a beautiful uh, program. Mate. It, it's so simple, simplistic and just in its storytelling, uh, it's it's just really such a feel good show, and uh, Yasmin's great in it. I mean, genuinely, like when this was announced, I was just she really sort of stands out. And I thought when she was announced, I was like, yes, that's great, great casting. Like, there's just, she just got something about her that is. Um, yeah i just get this really good feeling i'm really intrigued by the fact she's called rose um so this sort of leans in towards the parallel universe type theory that that uh, we were talking about recently so hmm, we'll see but mm. yeah thrilled with this casting i think jasmine she was great in heartstopper obviously it's the only thing i've ever seen her in but um she was great in that and i'm just excited to see her in doctor who so yeah thrilled with this announcement
0: yeah it's great dude very good one
1: Right, sit yourself down for some shock news. I don't want you fainting, but you may or may not have heard that David Tennant and Catherine Tate are back. Wow. Yes, back in full force as well. So the BBC have officially announced this, that they're going to be returning. And they the way they've worded it is to help mark the 60th anniversary. Hmm. So uh, we're not quite sure how they're coming back, um, what it's going to be. And Russell says, he was quoted, so... He says, they're back and it looks impossible. First, we announce a new Doctor and then an old Doctor, along with the wonderful Donna. What on earth is happening? Maybe this is a missing story or a parallel world or a dream or a trick or a flashback. The only thing I can confirm is that it's going to be spectacular. There's that word again. As two of our greatest stars reunite to battle for the battle of a lifetime. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've heard these rumors for a while, but um, <laughs> I think I can speak for both of us can't I that we're just thrilled because 10 and Donna are my favorite sort of companion doctor from the new series I just think they were brilliant together I get the feeling this is going to be a different version I don't know I don't know how it's going to work but I'm thrilled I just can't wait to see and I hope it's more than just a flashback (laughs) you know Russell's kind of like I feel like he's setting our uh, expectations a bit there do you So I'm hoping it's more than a flashback, but
0: yeah, yeah. whatever
1: it is, it's going to be cool.
0: Yeah, this is amazing, dude. Remember we had all those rumours around David Tennant coming back as the as the new Doctor, but as an old Doctor. Remember that he was going to be like the proper throughout the the next series. But uh, but this is um, I think this is better. You know, I think this is a better thing, a better way to do this because this is. The, the Russell does give a little bit of a tease and sets this up quite nicely when he says that is it a missing story or a dream or a mm. parallel world or something. I I think this is Russell dipping his toe into the water with some kind of parallel universe stuff, you know. So multiverse, multiverse. I I think that yeah, because mm. the reason why I think that is because if David Tennant came back as just the Doctor and that was it throughout Series fourteen, then he would have had to have really dived into that multiverse stuff right off the bat, and it would have been a real yeah. heavy, like, holy crap, you know, we've gone from kind of hinting to that and have that revealed a little bit at the end of Series 13, you know, with the whole, um, when we see Jodie on the ship with her, is it Tectaune? an old Tectaune, is it? No, yes. was it yeah. Tectaune? No who's the old woman, the gray haired woman who we thought is take two. I think so. Yeah. And they actually visualized it, didn't they? They had like the two universes that you could see and they were on that ship in the middle. Yes. So we've had that sort of given to us now as a little taster. It's like, yes, there is multiple universes within the world of doctor who here you are. So Russell's like, okay, cool. Let me run with that. But I think Hmm. this is, I think series 13 is going to be the just gently bouncing on the edge of the diving board before Mm. he sort of dies off and and goes in on the next series. And I think this is great because this gives us a little teaser to get into that multiverse stuff with this. And I think having David Tennant back full-time, on one hand, would have been cool because he's a good Doctor, but I don't know. I think it just would have been a step backwards as much as it would have been a step forwards, if that makes sense. So to have a brand-new Doctor, brand-new companion as the main thing... And then have just have these guys, however they're integrated into that story, we have no idea because Russell's been a bit of a tease. But he does drop the word "spectacular" again. He said that again. And then there was that. There were some tweets going around that the BBC had had, had confirmed that John Sim was back mm. as the master, but then they were taken down. So uh, right. that makes me think that he's going to be back as well. It can't be. A, uh, it can't be a coincidence that he's used that word twice now in two separate interviews about about David Tennant and katherine tate can't it, it be definitely
1: it definitely feeds into that doesn't it? Yeah. Um I think.
2: Mm,
1: yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is intriguing. I mean the the fact that the uh, so mild spoiler here listeners so the filming pics um you know the the Doctor's TARDIS is clearly thirteen so you've got David Tennant in a a a very cool different suit he's got like so it's very much like his other suits but different um different colors and stuff and then you've got the 13th Doctor's TARDIS does play it's like why is he in Jodie's TARDIS like so it does play into this rumor that um I don't know that he might she might regenerate into him and he'll regenerate into shooty who knows what's going on in Russell's mind but um I'm yeah very intrigued by all that
0: <laughs> it does sound you know, just where bonkers, does fit into it? it why is yaz yeah. called
1: rose uh you know this uh, don't know
0: yeah it does just sound completely bonkers right now like you can't make head or tail of it so but that's cool though that's exactly what we want we mm. want to have we want to have stuff given to us but we don't want it spelled out you know it's like this stuff's happening but you'll have to tune in to see exactly how it all unfolds it's this is perfect just keep mm. this happening. Keep this this stuff coming. We don't want it to be like, here's an interview with David Tennant and Catherine Tate two weeks before the episode goes out. We don't want that. We just want them. We just want these announcements. And that's what that's what Chibbers didn't do. That's what he didn't freaking really? do.
1: But (laughs) I'm I'm struggling to not say too much as well because I'm aware that there'll be people listening to podcasts that don't want Mm. that won't have seen the film and pics that won't want the things spoilt that we've seen. Um, so I'm not going to mention any names here, but you've seen them, so I think anybody who's listening will know what I'm talking about, and anyone who doesn't want to know what I'm talking about won't guess. Um, so there has been a lot of other returning characters. (laughs) from that era that yeah. we saw in filming and you know there was one i was particularly excited to see uh who david was pushing in the chair That's what oh I'm gonna say. yes yeah yep. yeah so i was thrilled um and then there was another couple of people from that era i was just they're all back and i'm like wow mm-hmm. yeah i can't i can't say too much because as i said i'm aware that, that not everyone wants to know this stuff so i'll stop there but yeah exactly it, mate yeah that's you why can we have how much i'm excited
0: for it yeah same dude yeah and that's why we haven't dived into the deets on that because if yeah. you want to go and investigate that stuff and like adam said there are some other people that are back we're not going to go through that here but just it's a quick search on twitter or google for that stuff and you'll you'll find it but yeah, yeah. So it's going to be an amazing time dude
1: i just realized actually the one that i was talking about that has been officially announced by the bbc is coming back so anyway i'm not going to go any further because let's, let's draw a lot. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. That's the last thing I want to do. But yeah, yeah I've just realised yeah. actually the guy I'm talking about was actually announced, wasn't
0: he? He was, yeah. <laughs>
1: anyway, let's let's not, you know, if it's all out there if you want to see it. Go and have a look on Twitter. It's all out there.
0: Yeah, and we've got loads of loads of time and opportunities to talk about time, all that yeah. stuff in the run-up to it next year. So yeah, Absolutely. it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, to round out the news then, let's head over to some merch. We haven't done any merch in ages. Merch?
1: Yeah. Shh, Dalek, don't let Dalek tat here. It'll we'll be... Back in a flash. Now, he's, now his favourite doctor's coming back.
0: Do you know what? I've not heard from Dalek Tat in ages. Man. He's such a miserable git because when he did bugger <laughs> off with the hump, he at least <laughs> said, I said, look, just stay in touch, all right? Just so we know that you're okay. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stay in touch. And that lasted for about a month afterwards. And that's it. So it's a shame he's not here to sort of bring this in and just throw it on the ground grumpily and storm out. But
1: Be careful what you wish for. There'll be a little... Plunger at the door,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Gary. Can I come back? <laughs>
0: ah, Dalek Tat, wherever you are. Hope you're doing okay, buddy. You might make an appearance <laughs> at one at some point. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, anyway, so merch we've got a new uh, vinyl LP, LP <gasps> drop in.
1: Oh, I love a bit of
0: vinyl. Your favorite of merch? Well, it's one of your <laughs> favorites. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So, talking of David Tennant and the earlier series of Doctor Who and uh, actually this doesn't get much love for old eccleston the artwork for this because i've got the. no it doesn't <laughs> no i've got this on cd believe it or not which sounds really old school <laughs> for some reason saying cd, a, CD. A, a, a compact disc what's that about not very compact <laughs> is it it's bigger than a bloody coaster anyway <laughs> doctor who series one and two You'd have seen this out and about. So it was really weird how they did the soundtrack releases for this. So Mm, yeah, they never did like a dedicated series one for just Eccleston series. And they never did a dedicated series two, I don't think. The first one that we got that was an just a proper release for a unique series was series three onwards. And if you wanted to listen to series one or two music, then it came in kind of this mishmash of uh, music from both series. Uh, In one release, Uh, which is, so if you listen to the Doctor Who soundtracks on Spotify or Apple Music, something like that, it will just say Doctor Who series, I think it just says series one and two. So it doesn't have the full, I'm pretty, I'm 99% sure this is not the full listing of like the full music that Murray came up with. It's like a, it's like a handful of tracks. It's like 12 tracks from the first and 11 or 12 from the second, you know. As I said, they're mashed together. However, this was out years ago, and I remember picking this up on vinyl as well. I've got it down here. I'm looking at it now. Have you? I've got it on vinyl, but it's the standard edition. It's just the black press, uh, black one. Anyways, for some reason, who knows why, they're re-releasing it with the bright orange vinyl. Which looks bloody brilliant, because it now matches the Doctor (laughs) Who logo on the front.
1: Are you going to double dip? Are you going to get it again? No, I'm
0: not going to... No. no. See,
1: I haven't got the original, so I'll I'll probably get this.
0: Oh, you should get it. Yeah, you get it then, dude.
1: I haven't got it. I don't know why. You'd think I'd have it, wouldn't you? But I haven't got the original.
0: Yeah. I remember retelling this story on on this show about four years ago, I think. Speaking to somebody at Silver Screen, and I was like, look, I'm not being funny, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I need this release, all right? I'm not paying, like, four times the amount on eBay. Please tell me you've got some in stock left. And the very kind woman there, I can't remember her name now, bless her, and she was like, we don't officially have any in stock, but we do have a copy here that we have in the office. Oh. And she was like, so I can send you that if you want. I can sell you that. I'm like, bingo, do it. Even if you put, like, yeah. an extra tenner on the price, I'll have it. So that was lovely. So it turned up, and it had a it wasn't in the cellophane wrap that you normally get vinyls in but i didn't yeah. care i just it was very cool because you just wanted it yeah because i think the music on this was just like murray's first go round if you like with this stuff it's just got such a charm to it and this magical mm. feel and so anyway dude the double edition lp is back and um, it's got stuff from uh all the way from you know the doctor who theme the work that we heard from Eccleston, uh all the way through to uh, the closing theme, which I think was Tenant's one, and we also get those two independent songs. So, Song for Ten by Neil Hannon. Oh yeah. And the other one he did as well, Love Don't Roam, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. uh, both interesting songs there. But yeah, some great stuff, and it's a bright orange one, so something different. If you want to pre-order this, it's not up on Amazon or Silver Screen just yet, but it probably will go up in the next day or two after you listen to this. But you can get it from the soundofvinyl.com and uh, recordstore.co.uk, here in the UK. And it's priced at £31 at the moment.
1: Not too bad for a
0: double vinyl.
1: Yeah, yeah. what you about know, you? I, I, you, no, you get- yeah, I'd definitely like to get this. I, I do own the CD yeah, <laughs> of it, yeah. um, which I played a lot when I bought this because there's a lot of music on there I love, like the Doctor's theme, that beautiful choral theme that the doctor had you know when he stands in front of the big fan and father's day i remember playing that loads uh, rose's theme song for 10 as you said i you know it's weird though i slightly prefer the version that's in the tv show uh, even though i like neil Hannand, um, from divine comedy but you know there's some great stuff the face of bow theme there's a lot of tracks on here that madden to pompadour a lot of beautiful music on on the first soundtrack and it never occurred to me before that that um Eccleston's not on the cover, actually. You know, you should have Mm. them both on there, really, because it's quite a simplistic cover. I almost wish they'd sort of redone the cover so it was a little bit different to the one that you've got. But uh, either way, yeah, it's a a nice re-release. But it does make me beg the question, could you get back on the phone to Silver Screen and ask that lovely lady, where is soundtrack to Series 10? That's what we want. Yeah, Yeah, what has happened to... that's Murray's fault, isn't it? I remember Murray tweeting that he was... Sort of doing a bit of work on it, but he obviously never finished it. You know, he's, I know he's a busy chap, but God, I would love—I would still buy it if Series Ten came out tomorrow. I would buy the soundtrack for that in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, I think we all would, mate. Yeah,
1: we need it, don't we? we yeah, do. we need it because we jumped straight to the soundtrack to Series Eleven, didn't we? So, you—you you know, I hate having that gap, <laughs> jumping from Series Nine <laughs> to to Eleven. But also, there was some beautiful music in Series 10, like Bill's theme and everything. There's some really nice stuff that we could have. So, yeah, so this, so this is great. And if they could just get a Series 10 soundtrack out, I think we'd all be very happy.
0: We would, definitely, mm. yeah. So uh, I'm not sure on the availability at various other outlets. So uh, over at the thesoundofvinyl.com, as we're recording this on Thursday the 19th, it says that there are 13 left on there. Uh, over at RecordStore.co.uk. It doesn't say how many are left. It just says it's... Oh, it says 13 left on there as well. Oh, right. Uh, and that's up for pre-order. So this lands on the 27th of May is when you'll be getting it if you're at pre-order it. So next Friday.
1: Oh, it's quite soon then.
0: Next Friday, yes. Mm, so yeah, okay. so get on it. If you've not um, if you've not bagged this on vinyl before or you've not got the CD, now's the perfect time. And it's got some cracking music, like Rose's theme Clockwork TARDIS, Boomtown Suite, uh, Seeking mm. the Doctor, Madame de Pomptor, as you said, uh, The Lone Dalek's very cool, um, Doomsday, The Impossible Planet, all that stuff's very good. Oh, it's so good, i listen to this later while I'm doing Just, some yeah, work. just yeah.
1: going through, you can actually hear the songs in your head, can't you? It's mm,
0: great. Right. So yeah, going back that. that. So, um, uh, we'll stick a link as well, we'll post out on Twitter when we get the word from Silver Screen, because you can order direct from those guys. They have their own little mini portal on their website, which is com, And that's where they list all of their Doctor Who soundtracks and stuff. So most of it's all sold out now. But as soon as it lands on there, we'll let you know. So you can go and pick it up. And uh, before we get on with our review, talking of next week, just uh, a quick heads up, there will be no episode from us next week. Because it's my fault because I'm busy. I'm out with work at a show in London next week. So I won't have time to to record and everything, unfortunately, because I'm staying over and it will just be busy busy so no episode next week we'll be back the week after week commencing the 30th of may so dude let's smash into the review what we got
1: yes it's a big story this this week and it feels kind of appropriate with everything going on we are reviewing the 50th anniversary story day of the doctor
2: i've been running all my lives through time and space Every second of every minute of every day for over 900 years. Years. I fought for peace in a universe at war. Now the time has come to face the choices I've made in the name of the doctor. Doctor. Our future depends on one single moment of one impossible day. The day I've been running from all my life. The Day of the Doctor.
1: There's a theme. So
0: good. Very cool indeed. Right. The Day of the Doctor was first broadcast. You all should know this date. A little trivia here. It was the 50th anniversary. You should know the date. 23rd of November, 2013. This went out. It was the just over an hour 77 minutes all in all apparently and it was written by stephen moth bag directed by nick Hurren horren and stars matt smith as the doctor david tennant as the doctor john hurt as the war doctor and jenna coleman is clara billy piper's back as rose tyler slash the moment and a bunch of other people which we'll get on to. And the synopsis is, The Doctors embark on their greatest adventure in this 50th anniversary special in the 21st century, Something Terrible is Awakening in London's National Gallery. In 1562, a murderous plot is afoot in Elizabethan England, and somewhere in space, an ancient battle reaches its devastating conclusion. All of reality is at stake as the Doctor's own dangerous past comes back to haunt him. That's a good one. Mm. Right, dude. The story that everybody thinks that we've reviewed already. What did Including you think? Including ourselves. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we're, we're like, we sure we haven't done that one. Um, I just, just quickly before I talk about it, I'm just wondering though, can you remember where, well, I'm sure you can, where were you when this aired? Like, I, I know where I was. Where were you?
0: So when this went out, dude, um, I think...
1: Uh, i thought you'd be able to remember like that
0: yeah well i think i, I think i watched it the following day oh right if memory serves yeah i think there was something i had to watch it the following day were you like with a group of other who fans and mates were you
1: i was in um well i was at the XL for the 50th celebrations whatever that was called and um probably called the 50th celebrations um so i was at a yeah dot two convention um but I, I was staying at a hotel because my ticket was for the, the day after. So I think it was a two or three day event. Um, so they had organized a screening in like the pub next to the XL. And we went there. It was obviously full of Dot2 fans. They'd put up all these posters around the wall. Somebody had brought their um, fan made First Doctor console full size. So there was a full size <laughs> First Doctor console in the middle of the pub. Nice. Uh, I've got a picture with it somewhere. Um, but then we went when it was about to start. We were all sort of, they would put out a little projector or a big TV. I can't remember. And then we all sat down to watch it. But um, for whatever reason, and I think it was because the sound was low, or I couldn't really see the screen very well because of the amount of people. We decided to go back to our hotel room and watch it. I think I just—I think I just wanted to do that thing of oh, I, I, this is great, but I, I just want to shut myself away so I can watch it by myself properly with a bottle of wine. So that's what we did. So. Uh, We went back to Hotel and watched it. And um, my thoughts then were uh, that I really enjoyed it, but it didn't feel it wasn't what I was expecting or it wasn't what I wanted for the 50th. So I I remember at the time thinking, okay, I really enjoyed that. There was lots of nice moments and surprises along the way, you know, like when the curator comes out and it was great. But I felt a little bit underwhelmed by it because I think in my head – I just wanted another five Doctors. I wanted all the classic Doctors back. I wanted lots of returning monsters. And so because we didn't get that um, at the time, I just I liked it, but I didn't love it. I was like, well, yeah, it's good. But did it celebrate 50 years of Doctor Who? I'm not sure it did. So that feelings kind of stayed with me a little bit over the years. But watching it again last night, I think I'm slowly beginning to appreciate it for what it is rather than what I want it to be. So I really enjoyed watching this yesterday and I thought it was um, a really fun story. There are so many great moments in it. John Hurt is just brilliant in it, I have to say. Uh, Matt and David work so well together. Um, I mean, they really do. You know, the chemistry between them and I love it when they get locked in the cell with the war doctor. The three of them together are brilliant. Um, I think the moment Rose Tyler is the moment is a beautiful uh, idea. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this, and I got to the end of it, and although I don't think it's perfect, I think it's more of a celebration of like the modern era of Doctor Who, but I think that's fine, because I have to sort of say to myself, well, you've got the five Doctors. You don't need another 50th anniversary of five Doctors. You've got the five Doctors to watch of all the classic. This is a celebration of like, you know, Modern .dot 2, but it does have lovely throwbacks to the classic era as well. There are lots of nice little um, sort of little nuggets in there referring to, you know, the classic series. And obviously we get to see all the classic Doctors at the end in that wonderful moment, you know, when they say all 13, and then there's the bit where Matt stands for them all at the end. So I've, I've really grown to... I liked it to begin with, and I've really grown to appreciate it over the years, and I've really enjoyed watching it yesterday. So... Not perfect, but really good. Really, really good. And a good celebration of, of the show, I think.
0: Nice, man. So you're a big fan of this one? Yes, I like yeah. it.
1: I do like it, yeah.
0: Oh, good. Uh, I love this one, dude. You Same love as it. you. Yeah, I love this one. I think it's... Um, it, not just because it's the 50th and it's a bit of a multi-doctor special and stuff. I think the is just really strong. It's got a really, really good... Uh, timey-wimey feel that Moff is very (laughs) he's very sort of famous for sometimes just overcooking it a little bit with the timey-wimey stuff so this is right up his alley the whole uh, across different timelines and stuff and you know when the time portal opens and the fez gets thrown through and even at the beginning you know when they go to the gallery and the doctor and and, um, uh, Kate Stewart they walk off they see the painting that's in 3d, but then they walk off. She's like, no, that's just to show that this is legit. You know, follow me the the actual things through here. And then that guy's phone rings and he's like, yeah, but that's impossible. And then it just cuts off and you think, well, what was that about? And then we obviously circle back later in the story and it's him moving the painting down into the, uh, the archive so that they can come through the painting, you know, that sort of thing, the cup of soup, little funny thing. And uh, so, so it's, and then you've got the time portal, and then you've got Rose back, but she's not Rose. And you think, ah, what's going on? And then, so it's it's all got like a on the surface at least it sounds very convoluted. But when you actually watch it, it's one of the easiest, timey wimey stories to to watch. Yeah. So the story is really strong, and it's the the performances are very good. And it, it I don't know, it just hits so many beats really yes. nicely. You know, as you go through it, and it builds up when it needs to, and then it's got quieter moments when it needs it like that lovely conversation between John Hurt's doctor and Clara. And he sort of comes to the realization then like, okay, this has gone long enough. And he can see the moment there as Rose. And he's like, right, I'm ready. And then she takes him Mm. back. and, And then there's that beautiful moment where all three of them, he's like, you know, this is the day that you won't have to do this alone. And, but then Clara sort of nudges the doctor into that moment of actually, there's probably something we could do. Now the three of us are here together. We can crack this. And, and come up with a solution rather than just killing everybody so yeah it's it just hits everything the only negative i've got and i'll get it out of the way early the mm. only negative i've got and you mentioned that, that it's got some lovely throwbacks to classic who and and at the end we have all the doctors zipping around in their tardis and those little clips and it's all lovely i do i've always said this i do feel like it didn't and it doesn't still it doesn't um it doesn't include enough from the classic era to make mm. it a celebration of 50 years of doctor who now i completely understand and get what the moff said at the time he said look this is not about just dragging up old actors and having you know a bit of a nostalgic thing this is about the future of doctor who as much as it is about a celebration of the past so i get that and i i 100% get that but there is a part of me that thinks you know this is 50 years and even back then, the actors that are touchwood still with us today they were a couple of them are still quite old and it yeah. and it's a little bit of an irk to me that Tom Baker is in it at the end when the other doctors who are alive and kicking still never didn't get a part in it, mm. so I get it because. Tom's Doctor is often viewed as the most popular and loved Doctor from the classic years. I understand that. But at the same time, there's a bit of me that thinks, well, actually, you know, I'm pretty sure that McCoy, McGann, Davison, you know, they would have all, you know, they would have all loved a a few scenes in this. Yeah. So I know McGann did that little, that little webisode thing, you know, Night of the Doctor. Night of the Doctor. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I know we got that, which is all, all good. Yeah. So... I'm not naive to the fact that there was a little bit of of that with McGann, but that's the only negative I've got, really. I just love, I would have loved to have them to a bit more inclusive of the classic stuff.
1: It's a valid one, and it's one that I I 100% agree with, actually, because Moffat is clever. He's so clever at writing stuff like that that I feel like he could have written them in somehow. Like I'm thinking of um, Time Crash when, you know, the 10th Doctor meets the fifth doctor and Moffitt explains the difference in his look in like one sentence, you know, Moffitt's very good at that. Um He's like, you know, talks about the glasses. I don't really need them. I just wear them because I want to. So he, he, I think he could have easily got round it. Um And I think the thing with, although I love the war doctor and I think John Hurt's brilliant in it and, and actually watching this again last night just made me think actually, this is, I love th- this idea of, you know, this sort of doctor that, the other doctors are so ashamed of that they just don't talk about him. But in the end, they have to help him. Is is a beautiful idea. But I think that only really came about because Moffitt was well. And I think me and you were there, weren't we? When when we went to see an audience with Moffat, where he was talking to Frank Skinner. I think me, and you, I was it. there. Yeah. I think, yeah, me and you were there. Yeah. And Moffitt talked about this, didn't he? He said, you know, when it came to writing the 50th, he was, uh, you know, really nervous because he didn't have a lot to go on at that point he didn't even have anyone contracted he's like I didn't even have Matt Smith under contract for the 50th and I kind of had to you know gather together what I could really quickly and I think Paul McGann and I, this is the thing that slightly irks me is I think the Paul McGann minisode which was so good was a bit of an afterthought I think Moffitt said he was like some you know I sort of thought oh we should have Paul do something uh, to me, and I think I felt this at the time, which is why I was slightly underwhelmed. To me, Paul McGann, the Eighth Doctor, should have been in this. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I think it, that that would have made it something. It would have just upped it a little bit. You know, it would have been brilliant. And I don't think it would have been overcrowded because I, I think Moffat is a capable writer. I think he could have balanced it because you look at you know the War Doctor and and Ten and Eleven. They're three very big personalities and there's, you know and they all blend really well together like nobody outshines anyone tenants great in his scenes matt is superb in his scenes and 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 john hurt's great in his and when they're together it, it just works you know there's no sort of it doesn't feel like anybody's sort of being lost in the mix so i think mcgann should have been in it eccleston and again i think at the talk we went to Moffat said they had a brief meeting and what sticks in my mind was that I think Moffat said that he felt like Eccleston just met him out of courtesy. He don't, he doesn't think Eccleston ever really had any intention or or didn't really want to do it at all. So he said they sort of met him, talked, looked at a few pages of script and Eccleston said, no, I'm out, I don't, don't really want to do it. And that was the end of that. It would have been great, wouldn't it, to have him in it. And I think that would have been awesome to have 9, 10 and 11. But it doesn't bother me as much as it does as McGann. I think because McGann would have represented that slightly more throwback to the classic series if we'd had him in it. And he was just so good in that seven-minute mini so that it just was like, oh, wow, I want to see more of that. You know, this Doctor is so good. So, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I think it's a valid point that it would have been nice and I think it would have been possible to have included a little bit more of the classic era in some more it. They didn't need to come back as a major part of the story but I think it would have been nice to have included them but then we wouldn't have got The Five-ish Doctors which was so good one that of the best good, things ever yeah. uh, to come out of Doctor Who The Five-ish Doctors it's just brilliant I watched it fairly recently actually with some friends and it's so funny and it, I, the thing is I think there's a slight there's a slight truth to it about being slightly miffed they're not in it it's very tongue-in-cheek,
0: isn't it? It but is a bit. It's funny th- as hell, though. Yeah.
1: But I think even Davison, because we know Davison and Tom don't particularly... I think they... Not that they don't like each other, but there is a bit of friction with Tom and Peter over the years. And mm-hmm. and I think it probably did irk to, uh, Peter and, and Colin Baker a little, and probably Sylve that, you know, that Tom was in it. Because I think, I think I've heard them say in interviews or I've read somewhere, I don't know, that they... We were a bit miffed when Tom popped up on screen because they didn't know who was going to be in it, or they just felt like, okay, he's in it, but we're not. There must have been a little bit of them, was a bit thing yeah, about that. I think so. And I can understand yeah. it as much as I love the curator scene, and I think it was great. And it was definitely the moment when I was watching it back in 2013 where I went, oh, because the voice, you hear the voice before you see him, and you instantly know it's Tom. That, mm-hmm. that voice is just so recognizable. So it's a great, wow moment when he walks on screen as the creator and you're like wow and you kind of have those hexagonal things behind him that look like a tardis wall and it's like what's going on here i love that
0: no it's it's i can understand the others
1: being miffed
2: yeah
0: it's a great scene not to take anything away from tom or anything it's it's such a great scene and it does melt your mind a little bit as well because you think so what happens then so is this like an alternative time stream thing that we're seeing here because we've just had it explained to us very clearly that these, these three doctors can't exist across their own time stream. And when they go back into their own times, everything that they've just done is going to be forgotten. And they're just going to be reset back to their, their former selves. But yet we have this guy who's clearly, clearly is the doctor. He is the doctor from the old, from the doctor's past, but yet he's existing completely fine. And he has his memory. So what does that mean? You know what, what? I don't understand. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't, what, what's the intention there with it? Is it like, I don't know. I just don't know what the continuity is with that.
1: You are talking about that seems reminding me of when John Hurt goes into his TARDIS at the end as well, when he, he just starts to regenerate, but we don't mm. quite see Eccleston. And that always frustrated me because they said at the doctor who, festival I think it was on stage that they did actually film more of that where you saw more of Eccleston's face but they decided to cut it and I always feel like oh that's a shame because I feel like he should have been in it somewhere you know he he brought he was the doctor when the show came back in 2005 he you know he was instrumental in in making Doctor a success again and I feel like it just should have showed a bit more of his face so that you could clearly see that that's (laughs) here's nine coming in now yeah, yeah, but they cut it too soon, and I don't know why they decided to do that. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, but it's um,
1: it frustrates me every time I'm watching it because you just it's just see a, it.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it it cleverly lets your kind lets your brain fill in the gap afterwards. It's like okay, mm-hmm. he's going to obviously regenerate into into Eccleston. but even that in itself was kind of weird to me. It wasn't bad. It's not a negative. It was just weird to me because the war doctor at that point hadn't suffered any kind of injury, hadn't suffered any kind of...
1: That, yeah, that's true. It just happened. Do you know what I
0: mean? There was nothing that... Life wasn't in danger at that point anyway. They'd already gone through the whole battle with the that small sort of skirmish with some of the Daleks earlier on in the story. And now it was just a case of um, coming up with a bigger plan to save Gallifrey. Which is amazing in itself. Moffat nailed it that is such a great concept of removing Gallifrey out of time just by a split second, an instant, and you know, plopping it in its own little its own little universe. So the Daleks would then fire on each other and wipe each other out. Essentially, that's amazing. But the, they weren't involved directly in that gunfire or laser fire, whatever that was. So yeah. I found that weird that just all of a sudden the regeneration just happened. And the Doctor seems surprised as well. He's like, oh, okay. But then he says, well, it makes sense, I suppose. So is that... Do we think that maybe it's just old age? Maybe there's like a... Because he is quite old, John Hurt, in this, isn't he? He's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's uh, he's up there with one of the older age ranges as a Doctor. Even in the classic years when... How old was Hartnell when he left? He was quite old, wasn't he? But um, So yeah, so he's uh, maybe... I don't know. Maybe it's just old age, but that was weird to me that they just regenerated just because, (laughs) you know. Yeah,
1: I I get what you're saying. I I just put it down. So he's um, knackered after all the time. (laughs) His body's just had enough. Um, It is a little bit convenient. It doesn't really bother me though, because I do love the fact that we sort of slightly get to see him regenerate into Eccleston. And I think you're right. Your mind, you almost trick yourself that you do see, Eccleston and maybe you do for like half a second I don't know but um mm. but also how good is the, the war doctor's interior it's a little you know the round things the round was back it looks great I love it I love his TARDIS inside and out it looks brilliant but yeah uh, I, I think I watching this again yesterday appreciated the, the war doctor more I think I wasn't overly fond of the character to begin with. Again, maybe because in the back of my mind, watching this in 2013, I I just wanted McGann or Eccleston, and I felt like the War Doctor was kind of this sort of plot device thrown in to cover for the fact they weren't there. But um, I really liked him yesterday watching this. You know, I I love the stuff when they're in the cell together, and he's he's like, why are you so ashamed? What's with all this... Why are you so determined to be young all the time? Why can't you accept you're getting older and all this, you know, the sort of pep talk that he has with his other selves? And, you, and he's when he says to about, did you count the children? Did you count how many children? Matt, and Matt, oh, man, Matt is so good. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the thing. It's um, Tennant being such a popular doctor and being such a great doctor could have totally overshadowed Matt in this. Matt totally holds his own. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so good in it. Um, yeah, that bit where Matt finally sort of, lo- you know, he's scratching the wall and he loses, it starts to lose his rag because he's, he's like, I've absolutely no idea how many, you know, like, but obviously he does. You can see that he's, you know, uh, beginning to snap. Um, and then Eccleston says, you know, the number. Uh, it's just such the three of them together, just so good. And and then the thing with the door as well. <laughs> that was such a good build-up. We've had four hundred years to work it out. What is it? Same software, different case. Mm-hmm. You know, brilliant. And then. Um, not Rose uh, Clara Clara just walks in and she's like well the door was open what you know it's so (laughs) funny and this is the thing right Moffat you know we've bashed him now and again for certain things he's bashed himself for certain things he didn't get right but one thing I will say is I love Moffat I think he was a really good writer and you just said about the moment in time resolution for Gallifrey Moffat was so good at that type of stuff He's, he's brimming with ideas Moffat and I think if anything it's biggest sort of downfall really is that he almost had too many and he, he almost tries to throw in too much sometimes but i'd rather that than no ideas at all and i think Moffitt, a bit like this episode just really uh, really have grown to appreciate him so much more since since uh we've revisited his stuff he's his writing is really good and so funny like how much fun is there in this episode it is just fun, pretty much, from beginning to end. You know, so many great scenes. The bit with the 10th Doctor and the rabbit, you know. I'm the Doctor from Castervis, and all this, he's doing the big speech. He's like, and you're just a rabbit, aren't you? You know, there's so many fun moments in this, and so many poignant moments as well.
0: Yes, there is. Yeah, and it does roll along really nicely as well. It doesn't it does, yeah. take itself too seriously most of the time, which is a good thing. And it has got, you mentioned that scene when the three of them are in the the in the prison cell with the door open yeah (laughs) and uh you're right Matt does hold his own he does absolutely just crash through the story with that same amount of energy and buzz and stuff that we've that we've seen all through his his era and um it's weird isn't it because at this point did we have Capaldi announced by this point we did right
1: we did yeah he'd been announced but
0: yeah it just wasn't we, we, we were just waiting for Matt Smith's regen story at this point. That's the it. The Capaldi, right? Oh, yeah, because we had the cheesy live show with Capaldi coming out. and yeah, that's That it. was before this, wasn't it? Yeah. And so holding, yeah. Um, so the fact that Matt Smith knew at this point that his time was coming to an end, it must have been a real mix of emotions everybody because you had David Tennant had already gone through all that but mm. was now back and, you know, this was just a, solo gig for him at the time and then you've still got matt who's carrying the torch at this point so he's coming up to the end of his hero and then you have john hurt who's never been in the show before brand new creation out of moff's mind Mm -hmm. so you've got these three guys who are trying to play the doctor but coming at it from very different angles and the thing that's great about matt smith is that the consistency never breaks like all the times every episode that he's been in up to this point from when he started at the 11th hour, there isn't this point where he he kind of breaks character just to appreciate he's in this sort of epic story. He's still just the Doctor throughout it all, mm. which is amazing. And Tennant, like you said, he's great as well. Although he is playing a slightly different Doctor, I feel, than yep. when he was in it before. And I think that's something to do with him just being like one of the old guard that's now back. So maybe, you know, it's a bit like when you're at school and you feel like you have this little bit of expectation and constantly on your shoulders and a little bit of pressure, especially in the last few years that you're at school. And then for whatever reason, you come back to school after that. All of that's just gone. And it's just like, oh, it's just a building, you know, and it's just a whatever. Maybe that's because he's more relaxed and chilled with that. He knows that the weight of the story is not on his shoulders solely. He's just Mm. back to enhance the story and make it what it is, his multi-doctor story. Um, So he he is playing the Doctor. Maybe it's the hair. I don't know. He doesn't have (laughs) the big spiky hair in this, does he? Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But there is one scene where they both fanboy. You can see it. And it's not the Doctors. It's Matt Smith and David Tennant fanboying. When they're in the, you know, the TARDIS is glitching because the three of them are in there. And we go to... um, the the war doctors console and matt says oh the round things i love the round things and Tennant's like oh i love the round things that's such a fanboy moment isn't it that's the only time in the whole episode in the whole story for me where it's just two guys who love doctor who are actually saying the words not the characters Mm -hmm. but other than that matt smith just is great in it he's just so good he's such a good doctor and he was, he was spoiled a little bit right wasn't he he was spoiled a little bit because um, take away some of the clangers that we had in Series 6, you know, and some of that stuff that was going on, especially Series 7. Take away some of the clangers that Moff introduced. He had a really good run as a great Doctor. Then he was in this story. And then he was he made, made a little appearance, didn't he, in An Adventure in Space and Time with oh, yeah, David course, Bradley. Yeah. Remember he was in the end of that? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so... Imagine if he's back for the sixtieth, dude. Surely he'll oh. go down as one of the the most popular Doctors of of the modern era. It has to be.
1: Well, he's he's definitely my favourite since the show came back. I just think he nails the comedy and he he manages to, manages to do that flip to serious in a heartbeat, which I think you know is part of the Doctor's character. You know, the a, example of that for me would be when they're about to push the red button, and. Matt glances sideways at Clara and he's like, what, what is it? You know, he's so good at just switching and being serious. He really makes, he, he really delivers a dramatic moment, Matt, you know, when he needs to. And and when he needs to do fun, I think he's great. So, yeah, I hope Matt's back for the sixty. I would be, <laughs> I think I'd be even more excited than Tennant because he is my favourite Doctor from the new era. I just think he has everything I want in the character of the doctor and his performance is brilliant and when you watch him in the behind the scenes you know uh, documentary that's on the blu-ray he just talks about the sh- his enthusiasm for the show just pours out of him he's like this is not about me this is not about you know anything other than the show he's like the show is the thing and he it, it just takes it so seriously in terms of getting it right and his his passion for the the part of the doctor that you know and let's not forget he was a fairly young guy when he took on the role, wasn't he? Was he? I don't know. How, how old was he? He
0: was, yeah. He Was 20-something? Yeah, he was in his 20s, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And it's just to see the commitment and um, and enthusiasm from him in the behind the scenes, especially when he's sat next to David, there's a bit where they're just sat in their director's chairs on the set talking to the camera. Two of them are just like, you know, you'd think they would have been like mates for years They so just seem to get on so well, bounce off each other so well that it's no surprise that the chemistry is there.
0: On screen as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Defo. They're all good in it, to be fair. They're all good. Um, So, Tennant, like I said, he's slightly different. I can't put my finger on it, but he's slightly different than when he was in the show before, which Mm. I guess is to be expected a little bit. And Matt Smith is amazing, as always. And John Hurt was pretty good, you know, most of the way through. He played the kind of beaten up old, war torn doctor that was just fed up with it, basically, just had enough. You know, you could tell that he's gone through. So long fighting in the Time War, that it's got to the point where he's like, "Enough is enough." Like, if I don't do something now, then we're, we're done for. You know, it, it will just be a Dalek victory, and uh, and that'll be it. So, for listeners who have not seen, if you've not seen this story, weirdly, um, the the it's all about the Great Time War, uh, which has been referenced many times uh, throughout Doctor Who, and the culmination of that is. The Daleks are essentially on the cusp of a victory. They're like throwing everything at Gallifrey now. And they've taken the main place, um, Arcadia, the main city. Yeah. In, in, yeah. And that's what I think that's, that painting um, that we now know is called Gallifrey Falls No More. That depicts the fall of Arcadia, the big glass dome that encases that city and so on. It's all been destroyed and stuff. And so before this story, before this... It was known that the Doctor had sacrificed Gallifrey by blowing it up, basically, and taking out all of the Time Lords and the Daleks in one go, thus ending the Time War, but saving all the other life in the universe, in the galaxy. Because if there's no Daleks, they can't take over. Once they've taken over Gallifrey, if there's no Time Lords, that's a sacrifice he had to make. It, was all, it all came down to this big moral dilemma that the Doctor mm-hmm. was beating himself up over. And it was this war doctor character that was um, responsible for that decision. And that's why the doctor decided to bury that previous self away and not even think about it and so on. So that's, for for anyone that's not seen it, that's sort of the crux of the the thing. So um, John Hurt plays that very well. He plays that sort of... Like you said, it just knackered. He's just had mm-hmm. enough of, like, you know, constantly fighting the Daleks, constantly getting his ass kicked because you can tell that the High Council don't like him.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> can he's t- like become a nuisance. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, him again. Yeah, he-
0: he's a bit of a, although he's kind of fighting the good fight in a way, he's yeah. doing it in a way that he's a bit of a lone wolf. He's kind of doing things the doctor's way that irritates the High Council because they, the few scenes that we see those guys in, they're in the, when you see the location text, it says the war room, um, Gallifrey. And, um, you can tell that they're trying to put their, their pieces together strategically. They want to fight the Daleks as like a proper old school, or they feel they have to fight it as an old school battle where you move your troops here, you move them there, you move resources there. Whereas the the doctor's just zipping around in his TARDIS doing his thing, bit of a lone wolf. So um I I did really like John Hurt in this dude. I think he played that old battered can't be bothered anymore down on his luck. Just I just want to end it. <laughs> so you can when you say it like that there's no wonder he regenerated really.
1: <laughs> yeah. I guess there's a lovely scene when he's sat talking to Clara, isn't there? You know that beautiful scene where he's just sort of chatting things through with her and you can tell he's just like reached the point where he's just had enough you know right i mean he shoots no more into the wall which is a great scene (laughs) talking of the time war mate how good does the time war look on screen like my god this is like now nearly 10 years old and it looks like a film like they must have really pumped some money into this because the explosions and daleks flying across the screen getting obliterated and the tardis smashing through the wall into daleks and all the sort of flakes of dust and ruined buildings that we see. I mean, although the time was not on screen that much, when it is, you know, the ships flying through the air with the lasers, it really looked good. I mean, it really stood up well in terms of the effects. And, and yeah, you can tell that the BBC were behind this, you know. I think, I can't remember, do you remember it got like, the biggest worldwide audience ever or so it was huge wasn't it around the world it it got massive viewing figures around the world so i think the bbc pumped some money into it and it didn't you think the time war just looked amazing on screen
0: mate it it looked it looked amazing all the time the first time that i um did have you seen this in 3d by the way
1: yes i did watch yeah. it in 3d oh a, a while back a long time ago i did i've watched it once in 3d yeah not at the cinema um, yeah. just on my telly yeah
0: <laughs> i watched it in 3d once as well um because i think it just came as part of the blu-ray thing that i bought it was the 3d but it had the it did. Yeah. 2d version as well but those scenes and the first time i noticed it looked amazing is when they go and look at that painting in the in the oh, london yes, gallery yeah and Clara walks towards it, and she puts tries to put her hand on it, and the camera rotates. And uh, and I, then I thought, wow, that it just—it's a simple effect, but it looks absolutely amazing. And then mm. they did like a combination of two different styles. Who was the um? Who were they working with? The VFX was it still Milk? Was Is it the Milk? Milk. Uh, um, milk VFX. Yeah. So these dudes nailed these two things. So you had like the typical, um like computer generated stuff like Dalek ships whizzing around the laser bolts out of the ships and, and all that stuff. But they did this kind of secondary effect where, you know, you mentioned the trailer where you had these doctors in poses that were snapshots yeah, and the camera sort of rotated around them in 3D and then you had all these particle yeah. effects and stuff like that. They did something similar in the episode where they, um, like when the three doctors um, are on Gallifrey just before they blast through the painting to stop the countdown um it does a similar thing there where it's like this almost it's like an oil painting effect like a brush like a brush stroke effect on them and then the camera rotates around them in 3D and stuff they did that a few times on that throughout the time wars scenes and it just it looks it holds up today 100% it looks really they did such a great job on it and the, I think do you know what dude I think this is the kind of thing that recent Doctor Who wants to do mm. but it just remember in most of the episodes that we reviewed in Jodie's era and we've said the the cinematography itself and the, mm. the quality of the camera and the lenses it looks amazing it looks great mm. but some of the effects are just shockingly bad even like mm. in the most recent one that we watched what was that one called? What's the most the Sea recent? Devil one? Sea Devil. Oh uh, no, sorry, Legend the one the before that, devil. the one before that. You know where they're hanging off those floating things at the beginning over the lava. Oh, the beginning stream. of flux. Yeah, that that kind of stuff. We went from like really good of visual effects to terrible looking visual effects in the same year with Legend of Sea Devils. In this one, I don't know what it was. Maybe you're right. Maybe they just had a massive budget for it. Who knows? But consistently. Pretty much every shot just looks bang on. Mm. Like there's never a point in this where I thought, "Oh, that looks a bit shit." That, yeah, that looks a bit shaky. A bit ropey, yeah, yeah. yeah I never normally one that.
1: scene, isn't there? Yeah.
0: I never thought that. I never thought, "Oh, that's a bit shaky." That looks a bit ropey. That bit. Oh God, that's cringe. You can tell this was filmed and done like however many years ago. It, it didn't. None of it. The whole thing just looks clean, clean and crisp. And just bang on, dude. I love the visual effects in this. Brilliant. Mm.
1: I noticed as well, I mean, everybody seems to be on top form in this, I think, from the writing to the performance, to the effects people, to, to everybody involved behind the scenes. It's Everybody's firing on all cylinders. Murray as well. Murray's music's absolutely banging in this it it, is just so good but yeah the effects as well like when they're in the forest and there's this sort of glistening effect put on the trees as well just Mm. everything just looks so good the locations as well trafalgar square and and um the castle they're in for a second i wondered if that was the same castle that they use for the eye of orion in the five doctors i've never noticed that before there's like this archway i don't know if it is it's probably not but
2: i think everything
1: everything just looks looks so good yeah i think they're yeah, totally all firing on all cylinders for this. Yeah. It's a beautiful
0: looking episode. However. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> one teeny, teeny thing. And I don't think there's any way around it. I think they did right? the best they could make. There's no way around it. At the very end, when Matt Smith walks onto the little cloud and you've got like the V shape of all the doctors lined up. Yeah. Did you see Tom's, um the, the, the whatever they use for Tom Baker's image? You know, um, you know, there's this, there's a few photos doing the round from the five doctors, and it's like a behind-the-scenes shot, and you've got them lined oh,
1: up. Oh, the, the what the um, <laughs> Mad and Two Swords dummy.
0: Yeah, you remember that image? It's doing the rounds, and every, you, yeah. you look at it and think, well, that's clearly not Tom, <laughs> Tom Baker. Mm. I
1: think <laughs> they've used the same thing oh no have they I, I didn't notice that i'll be honest i didn't yeah. notice that no
0: and also paul mcgann now this is weird paul mcgann it looks like a real soft look like a soft focus fuzzy oh like no. bad photoshop cut out of him so that that's the only I will, thing i will have to like, freeze
1: frame it next time because i it's it's a lot <laughs> shorter than i remembered that scene um i think i was just wound up in the emotion of it next time i watch it i will freeze frame it and have a good old look at them because i noticed in the making of that they're real people with these funny they got these funny dots on their face so they've obviously got real people they're Mm -hmm. all in full costume as well to stand there and then they've obviously superimposed a picture of the doctor the real doctors on their faces but it's weird because um when you see that scene, they're they're so static, you wouldn't know they were real people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'll I'll freeze frame it next time because I didn't notice that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they could have definitely used a much better image of Tom Baker because there's hundreds, thousands of minutes of footage that you could have freeze framed and cleverly plucked his image out and superimposed it and so on. So they use this really bizarre, like... I don't know, mate. You'll have to go back and watch it, but it looks will, just yeah. like the dummy that they used in that photo behind the scenes of the Five Doctors. It, <laughs> nothing like him, but
1: maybe it was a, a subtle callback to it. But I didn't notice that. I will, I will look out for it next time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Other than that, mate. Yeah, it's kind of kind of faultless. I think in terms of production and not just visual effects, but practical effects as well, like some of the. um some of the scenes when they're on the streets around Gallifrey and the war's going on and mm-hmm. his family sort of scrambling for cover and stuff like that. And his explosions going off and, and all sorts. It looks really good. Really good. Yeah.
1: And and the start of it as well. I love the fact it starts with the original title sequence and music and fades from black and white. That sign of Totter's, Totters lane. Oh yeah. You know, the sign that's, that. a, that's a yeah. nice in, intro that, um, slightly bizarre that, Clara's suddenly a teacher and because that's the only thing as well there is a slight disconnect from where we've we left the last episode was that day night no I get confused what was the name of the doctor was it where she jumps into the time stream and it introduces the war doctor that was the episode before this so it does slightly irk me that we jump from that to suddenly like how did they get out like it Suddenly, there. I mean, we don't know w- what the gap is between that story and this. But how did they get out of the time stream? And what happened after the war? Doctor turned around. Did they sit and have a chat? Or I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's just a given that the doctor knew, I suppose, how to get out of his own time stream. But it's yeah, there's no explanation for that at all. We just sort of kind of start. I mean, I'm in a way, I'm glad because you can't for the fifty. If you don't want to have any baggage from the last episode, you need to start. With a fresh slate, which is kind of what they do with the Cole Hill School thing and Clara and that gorgeous shot of her driving the bike into (laughs) the TARDIS, which looks amazing. Oh,
0: dude, that was seamless.
1: I know, it's brilliant. How did they do So I'm guessing it's green screen, but it's, 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 yeah, it looks fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Again, listen, if you've not seen it, there's a scene where Clara's bombing it down this country road on a motorbike and she's not slowing down at all and she's getting faster and, She's approaching the TARDIS, and then she honks her horn, the doors open, and as she drives in the TARDIS, the camera follows her on the bike, and she comes to a skid in halt and she's inside the TARDIS set and everything. It's a seamless transition. It's really good.
1: Yeah. It does look good. Yeah. I can North. see I can imagine when Moth's writing that the producers are like, oh blem it. And there were so many things in the Moffat era where he, he's so um (laughs) adventurous with his thoughts and what he wants to see on screen that he's probably a bit of a budget nightmare moffat but they yeah whoever put that together did it seamlessly yeah that's great
0: yeah before we just breeze through some very quickly some of the supporting cast uh what easter eggs did you see
1: easter eggs yeah Um, well yeah i've I just realised, actually, we haven't even talked about Osgood, obviously wearing the fourth Doctor's scarf, and Mm -hmm. Matt's Doctor makes a nice comment on that, doesn't he? He's like cool scarf, Mm -hmm. which is excellent. Um, uh, Other eggs. well, there's the bit where the tenth Doctor says about the TARDIS interior, oh, you've redecorated. I don't like it, which, of course, is a great line from the five Doctors. Um, There's the good to see my future is in safe hands quote Mm -hmm. uh, from five Doctors. I do like the fact that the Moffat didn't change the 10th Doctor's last line as well. I, I think that's just a really clever little, because some fans hold on to stuff like that. They're like, the 10th Doctor's last line was, I don't want to go. And it is still, <laughs> even after this episode, I don't want to go. So mm-hmm. that's that's cool. Um, I don't know. Yeah, what other Easter eggs did I miss?
0: So the, um, as you said, the opening stuff uh, it sort of mimics the the opening scene in An Unearthly Child with Totters Lane and then Coal Hill School and so on. Uh, and there's a sign that says I. Dot Chesterton is chairman of the school's board of governors.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yes, yep. yes, yes.
0: Yep. Uh, and it also says W. Coburn is headmaster, which is an in joke. So Anthony Coburn, who wrote *An Unearthly Child*. Blah Brilliant. blah blah. Uh, when Clara's yep. leaving the school, a clock uh, is on the wall, and it's five sixteen, which is the broadcast time of *An Unearthly Child*. Cool. Yep. So when Kate realizes that there's these chaps that she's dealing with are actually all doctors. she asks her uh, she asks for um, one of her father's files codenamed chroma which is a okay. reference to um, the brigadier first believing that the antimatter universe in the three doctors was chroma. Uh, the access code for Jack Harkness's vortex manipulator is 1716231163. Uh, which is the time, 1716, on the 23rd of the 11th, 63, wow. which is when Unearthly Child went out. Uh, you can't really read it too well in the episode, but when Clara looks, you know, they've got, um, in the archive, they've got that pinboard with all the references to Doctor Who, like photos mm. of Susan and other bits on there.
1: Chameleons on there, I saw.
0: Yeah, you can see Ace's full name, Dorothy Gail McShane, is on there. You've got Romana, Romana too uh, and then a source book, uh, Journeys Through History, a source book um, for GCSE, which is uh, uh, which is uh, Harry Sullivan's book. Oh
2: wow!
0: Uh, when the uh, and all that stuff, and then you've got uh, these are a little bit sort of kind of Easter eggs, but um, when Gallifrey gets popped out of time and all the Daleks explode and stuff, all the ships, there's one Dalek fighter ship or pod. That you can see be clearly knocked out of destruction very deliberately um, insinuating basically that not all the Daleks were destroyed in this time war I and didn't so they spot pop that. up yeah so you can see yeah. that everything else is sort of random and this ship goes off in a very straight line uh, and you can see it and uh, and also the round things at the gallery at the end, which are wow, obviously I, roundels.
1: I had, there's a lot more than I realised it. And I love stuff like that, don't you? I love the attention to detail. Um, I wish we saw more of that board, you know, with all the photos on. I know you can freeze frame it, but I remember seeing that in the Dot two exhibition in Cardiff. Oh, oh
0: the
2: exhibition.
1: Oh. <sighs> I remember seeing that. They had that board with all the pictures on, and uh, there was so much on there. And i was thinking, I just wish we saw it a bit clearer in the episode because... There's, it's just full of Easter eggs. Um, the other one as well, did you notice the brilliant line when they're both trying to reverse the polarity? <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm reversing it and you're reversing it back. We're confusing the polarity. I just thought that was a brilliant line Amazing. And, uh, and a really yeah. nice callback and a nice way to use that line that's been said a thousand times but make it fresh and funny again. So, yeah, that was a cool little Easter egg.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was very cool. And there was a lot of bants, wasn't there, around the Sonics, which is almost yes. like a little jab at... <laughs> people who criticize the use of it so the war doctor's like what are you doing you're gonna you're
1: waving around like that for (laughs) you're gonna
0: build a wardrobe in front of them and so (laughs) that's like a a little in joke i think from mothbag because we went through this phase didn't we where you and i even commented up when we reviewed some stories where the sonic sort of saves the day a lot you know, yeah, in, in Matt, modern who Matt's
1: quite a bit uses the Sonic a lot, yeah.
0: yeah. So that was a little bit of a well, we're just going to wave it around quite a lot in this one and make reference to it, which is kind of cool.
1: And the fact about the doctor being skinny as well. And you know, there's a little, there's another <laughs> little extra on the Blu ray where the it was like a, an intro to the cinema screening where the, Matt's doctor comes on and then uh, 10 comes on in the middle of you. seen that little intro because I yeah. didn't see this at the yeah. cinema. Um, but there's a really funny bit where where Matt stops disappears and and Tenant comes on and he's like talking to the audience he's like sorry this is i know this is in 3D and he makes a reference to Matt's big chin and stuff like that <laughs> and i just love the fact that the relationship between Moffitt and the actors is so good they can actually you know, say things like this in a fun way and we can all relate to them. Like you said, the overuse of the Sonic and Tennant being so skinny and Matt's big chin and stuff like that. And I love it when they look at each other as well with the glasses and like, oh, lovely and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. You know, there are just so many great moments between the Doctors like that. It's so fun. And that's down to Moffat's script, you know, mm-hmm. just brimming with, with some so many funny moments, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you can see that in the behind the scenes as well with David and Matt <laughs> Smith, just them sitting down on those chairs having a laugh and the chemistry mm. is very good yeah very cool i remember when um when david tennant was announcers coming back for this and uh and we had that stuff he, you did wonder you did think how are these two going to get on we assumed that they mm. would get on fine but i don't know you but they seem to get on really well those yeah. two it's like the the chemistry is 100 percent real genuine it's not just mm. when the cameras are rolling it's uh this force thing it's they're very cool so i'm glad that tenants back for the 60th i'm just hoping that Matt gets announced at some point oh and we have sure. some more some more bans it never gets old mate never it's got to happen it's yeah. got to happen let's breeze through very quickly some other characters then and uh first up uh what do you think to jenna Coleman then as clara in this one
1: She's, yeah she's fine she doesn't get as much to do as i thought i don't know about you i i felt like she wasn't in it as much as i thought she was but i do like the scene she's in i love the bit where she you know bashes through the door and it's not even locked i i love the scene where she's chatting to the war doctor just in that quiet moment um you know I, I like the fact she's sort of um the scene with her and matt as well at the end when he's like what what what, what is it say tell me and all that you know and she she sort of gets Matt's doctor, I think. At this point, she's like, she's sort of really looking out for him, and she's like, "I could just see it in your eyes." And you know, she's really got to know his doctor. So I think there are some lovely moments actually between those two. Yeah,
0: mm. yeah. I thought and, she and was
1: generous. Yeah, she's good. Yeah,
0: I thought she was cool because uh, she doesn't sort of intrude into the story too much. She doesn't overtake, no. but she's there as that sort of emotional anchor for Matt Smith's doctor, mm. which is like you said at the yeah, end. That's of a good way, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, Billy Piper. Back as Rose slash the moment. Slash bad wolf. Slash bad wolf. Yeah, this could have been really complicated. This could have been a real misstep. But to be honest, she plays just a very simple. She's basically the UI, right? The interface for this weapon. And because she can see inside the doctor's thoughts and memories and stuff like that, the form that she takes is apparently one of the fondest forms, I guess, from both his past and his future, because the doctor wouldn't have seen Rose at this point, this particular doctor anyway. So she's like, you know, I chose this form sort of thing from your past. And then she's confused, like, or is it your future? I don't know. So it's obviously a very, this, whatever this weapon is, this, this moment, it's very, um, which is why it's in a forbidden thing in Gallifrey, right? Mm. So, uh, but it just happens to be the UI the interface of this thing. So it could have been a misstep. They could have integrated Rose properly into it as a companion who shows up and blah, blah, blah. But they didn't. They chose to to leave that. So even though Rose as a character was extremely popular throughout um, Eccleston and Tennant's era, they like I said, he could have brought her back and integrated, but no, they just kept it sort of simple and she just pops up and she doesn't even interact with Tennant once in the entire no. story. No, she doesn't, does So she, no? you kind of think like... is is she going to appear in in David Tennant's doctor's mind and is it going to be a lovely little throwback where she gives him a smile and he smiles back and and that's it but no the Moffitt just keeps you keeps you guessing all the way to the end and then it's like no they don't they don't interact once it's it's very cool very cleverly written
1: yeah i was going to say i think this is much better um i think uh, the rose storyline was sort of done dusted and i think it's great that she's in the 50th um, because again, she was an important part of the, the relaunch. So I think it's right. She's there to introduce her as this other character that is still sort of Rose, but not Rose uh, like this interface. The moment is, it's a really good idea. I love it. And I think Billy's great. You know, she, the way she's sort of helping the war doctor through this, she's almost a bit, I hadn't realised this till yesterday, really. She's almost a bit like the Watcher. She's just in the background, and she? Just kind of mm. <laughs> kind of lurking. But there's some lovely moments when, like, again, when they're in the cell and she's just like, ask them. You need to ask them the question, you know, while you're there here sort of thing. Don't be afraid to sort of say it. So there's some really great moments from her in this. And, uh, yeah, I love this idea as well, the look that they've given her. And um, there's a scene, you're right, she doesn't interact with Ten's Doctor at all, but... Is there a scene at the end where they're sort of next to each other but don't... I don't know. There's there's some good moments anyway with her. Maybe I'm getting confused because I watched the making of and he's talking to her in that. I think that's what I'm thinking of. He's like <laughs> making a joke about her new look or something, but... Because those two obviously get on really well together. You can tell that as well. Mm -hmm. But you're right, they don't interact in this story. But yeah, the Moment Cube, Billy Piper, fantastic in it. Really, really nice performance from her.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Very cool. Gemma Redgrave, Kate Stewart. She had a great scene in that, in the the archive. Is it the, not the Black Archive? Is it the Black Archive? It is Black Archive, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she has a great scene in that where she's got her Zygon equivalent. That's gross, isn't it?
1: When she throws up and starts... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> face like starts turning zygot, it's absolutely
0: horrific. Yeah, it's cool. It as a cool effect though. Very and, good, um, yeah. Yeah, so up to that point she's um she's great, obviously. But then when she has to act against herself, if that makes sense, which they then sort of comp- composite that in at the end, mm. she's really cool because she plays that very subtly. So at the bit um up to that point when they're in the room where um they're trying to decide. If they're they're going to cancel the countdown and stop the destruction, that's you know the bomb that's going to go off, and uh, you've got the Zygon version who's very like short-tempered and a little bit, bit more venom in her tongue versus like the standard Kate Stewart. Um, But then when the Doctor turns off the um, what's the device on the ceiling that makes them.
1: Oh, the forget machine. Oh, with that goes, kind of, yeah. yeah.
0: Um she then goes back to playing the same Kate Stewart as she did before, but having to interact with herself. It's very clever. She played mm-hmm. that very cause yeah, she had a good one in this.
1: Yeah, I thought she was good in this, yeah. Yeah. So it's a good use of um of that plot device as well, the memory thing. You know, it's a good idea to use that.
0: Did you like her ringtone as well? to take off sound effects. Was it? Yeah. So Osgood's got her phone and you hear the TARDIS taking off the sound effects and um she runs over your phone your phone's ringing Almost at the, the very beginning time.
1: yeah oh. oh yes of course yeah when they're sat on the south bank yeah. that's it yeah yes
0: nice down there uh osgood ingrid oliver she's funny i'd yeah.
1: forgotten so this must be the first time we meet her isn't it i'm yes, thinking it is, yeah. because yeah you know obviously we've got to know osgood uh, for other stories um since yeah no she's a great character i like this sort of super fan idea um and I think Ingrid Oliver plays her really well, actually. It's a really cool at the end as well when the the inhaler thing, you know, one of them needs it, one doesn't. Uh, and which one's which? You know, this this goes on throughout the series now, doesn't it? Like every time I meet her, is she the Zygon Osgood or isn't she? Um, yeah, so a nice performance from her. And I, and I love the fact that she's got the Doctor's scarf on. I think the next time we see her, she's wearing the question marker uh, pullover, mm-hmm. yep. I think. Yeah, yep. so there's a nice little... It's a nice way of including a bit of cool fan service without being too obvious, you know. It's just like, she is a super fan of the Doctor, so of course she would wear those things. Yeah, Um, she's cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the moth throws in another little head scratcher as well. She's like, so if I'm Zygon, that means that my clothes are Zygon, right? So what if I lose a shoe? Yeah. And then (laughs) they don't answer that, it's just... No. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got a point, but yeah.
1: (laughs) It's just the moth acknowledging that there's a bit of a the flaw in the in the concept, but you know, I'm gonna point it out but not actually give you an answer. Because mm. it makes you think there must be an answer, even if there isn't. Yeah, great.
0: <laughs> no, it's very cool. Yes. Mm. Uh, and there's a bunch of other cast members all play f- relatively small parts. What about Queen Elizabeth then, Joanna Page? Oh of course
1: was- yeah I mean there's so many people yeah. in this is it? we're never going to cover them all but yeah I've forgotten about her. Um I think she's quite good casting actually. Mm. I, I quite like her in it. I particularly love the bit when the doctor's insulting her uh, thinking she's the zygon. He's like, God, of course you're the Zygon with that breath and all this. And <laughs> you know. And then she's like the real Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, um, yeah she's she's pretty good, in it, actually. I thought, well, quite nicely cast, anyway.
0: Yeah, she was quite funny yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, she's funny.
0: Yeah. And uh, Matt Smith's doctor's giving the uh, tennis doctor some stick over it. He's like, oh, yeah. Venom sex in the tongue. He's like, yeah, all right, drop it.
1: <laughs> yeah, some great scenes. Uh, Hashtag Bant, eh?
0: Yeah. And then there's a bunch of other people that uh, play quite slightly smaller parts. We have Paul Casey back playing one of the Zygons. Paul Casey's been in an oh, alien monster Every suit monster. For, yeah. yeah. For decades now. Nick Briggs does the voice of the Daleks and the Zygons. Uh, Barnaby Edwards, he's back inside a Dalek with Nicholas Pegg Getting and. Blown um, up. <laughs> yeah. And some other people. So great performances, dude, pretty much all round.
1: The, the yeah. cast, honestly, is uh, just absolutely banging in this everyone's on top four yes everyone even from the extras right up to the doctors
0: yes um and lastly for me murray's music was brilliant in this yes oh yeah.
1: yes murray's on fire i mean he probably felt the pressure to really bring it didn't he this being the 50th he's like oh, i've got to make this good um and it really is yeah it's music just bombastic when it needs to be beautiful when it needs to be
0: and yeah top score from murray top shelf stuff from murray yeah rightio have you got anything on your notes do before we get on to a score
1: i just yeah just very quickly i wanted to ask you um because we haven't spoke much about the zygons and i i love this parallel sort of um dilemma that we've got so we've got the doctor wanting to push the red button well not wanting to but this dilemma over pushing the red button you know paralleled with earth and this dilemma of um the zygons and the and the humans have in the face of so i like that sort of parallel uh dilemma but the zygons themselves I, when i first watched this i felt they were very underused and wasted because this is the first time we've seen them since terror of the Zygon. so I was so mm-hmm. excited to see them back and they're not actually in it much and also i felt like there was no real resolution to the zygon storyline in this but i have to say having watched this again yesterday and maybe it's because we've got had other stories with them since, which has helped. But it didn't really bother me too much, actually, that stuff. I thought the Zygons were actually quite good in it. And they kind of needed to take a backseat because they're not really what the story is about. They're more thrown in to add an extra element to the story. So. But I just wondered, how did you feel about the Zygons in the story? Did you like them or did you feel they were underused?
0: They were underused, mm. for sure. But there's only so much that you can do. Even with the extended runtime of um, it nearly eighty minutes, or, all in all, which yeah. uh, which definitely helped, absolutely. Which I think is why we, the Legends of the Sea Devils and the, the the one before that didn't do quite well, because the runtime had been cut, let alone extended. So yeah. you end up having to speed run through certain things. So I think there's only so much you can do without it feeling like, because we need those slower moments and those quieter moments especially in an episode like this where you've got this not so much um, not so much a big kind of action thing going on, which it does have in, in its own right, but it's not a big like there's an alien that wants to blow up this ship with everybody on it or blow up the earth or something like that and the Doctor's up against it. This is more of an internal struggle with the Doctor's own um, conscience and its own morality and stuff like that. So it really needed to have those quiet moments littered throughout the episode and i think if you had the zygons running around a lot more more frequently you would have missed out on having those moments so it's great that they were back and they look pretty cool they're glad they didn't mess with the design too much but the downside of that is that they weren't used as much especially on screen you don't really see them as a zygon on screen that much it's only what a couple of minutes overall yeah so yeah but yeah they were underused a bit
1: I suppose you're right. There's already a lot going on. If you have more of it, it's just going to get even more cluttered. And I think it's they get the balance just right, actually. I think re rewatching, that, re-watching this, I think they get it just right. 77 minutes is a strange runtime as well, isn't it? And that to mm. me just says, like, they said, I don't know, I could be wrong, but to me that just says, no, That's all. that's it. I'm not going to add in 10 minutes of padding. I'm not going to cut out two minutes of stuff I don't want to lose. It's 77 minutes. That's what I wanted. That's that's the story. And I don't know if I'm right in saying that, but that's. it's just such a strange runtime. It's not 75, it's not 90, it's 77, because that's what it is, you know. And I just think I like that, because you could have put in another 10, 15 minutes of padding to make it up to 90, and it could have easily, I think, had another 10 minutes. You could have put some extra stuff in. But, you know, when they came to the edit, they clearly decided that was it. And it, it feels just right. I think you said earlier, the pacing and storytelling just flows brilliantly. And yeah. So it's 77 minutes. That's your lot. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: Bang. Done. Yeah. It was paced very well. Hmm. It was very. Okay. So I think it's me to go first, right? You go first. Yeah. I'm giving this a nine out of 10.
1: Nine. Out and 10 I think out of 10. the reason
0: I'm giving it a nine is because most of it was so strong and moff just wrote an absolute banger of a timey-wimey story that wasn't too convoluted i'm taking a point off it would have been a 10 but i'm taking a point off because of what i mentioned earlier which is i feel like it didn't include enough classic who to make it a celebration of 50 years although i do understand why i would have liked to have seen the other doctors especially mcgann play a bigger part
1: perfect sum up mate i'm i'm also giving it a 9 for those exact same reasons i think it's a really fun watch and it's a an, uh, yeah it's a really good episode and yeah i'm taking a point off for exactly what you just said oh cool but i think it's great yeah so i'm giving it a 9 out of 10
0: a 9 out of 10 as well so 9s all round then mm. from us um i'm not going to read out every uh, i'm not going to read the the entire uh tweet from and facebook message from everybody because you guys went mad on this it would mm-hmm. be here forever but i'm just going to give you the highlights so alex kingdom hello alex i haven't spoken to you in a while dude hello, uh, alex. alex um says Moffat knocked it out of the park and delivered a brilliant 70-ish minutes of who and gives it a 9 out of 10 will sanger says brilliant it's about what it means to be the doctor and celebrates what makes the character so special goes on to mm-hmm. give it a 9 out of 10 uh, our friend rick Rick Moran says I was both excited and worried at the same time about this one because I didn't want to be disappointed after waiting for so long to see it after after watching the superb teaser trailer. Then he says that however Moff pulled it off this is how to celebrate a milestone such as the 50th it gives it a 10 out of 10. Mm, okay, Edward cool. Giluli says an enjoyable celebration of the show all three Doctor Shine an 8 out of 10. Wow. Chippy T says stunning great sci-fi concepts a, uh, a script Fizzing with emotion, humor, and subtle nods to the show's history. A 10 out of 10. 10. Tom Turlow says, What can be said about this that hasn't been said a million times before? While I don't (laughs) think it's quite the barnstorming masterpiece others do, it's still very, very good, entertaining, uh, funny, poignant, and satisfying. Uh, It's a shame Eccleston declined the invite to appear and that McGann was not invited at all. Uh, Gives it a 9 out of 10. Uh, Sam Dooley says, A gloriously emotional celebration of why i and so many others adore this series nine out of ten jacob moore such an amazing episode really special occasion thought moffat put story over fan service which is yeah. fine because it was a great story uh, and there was a bit of there too so nine out of ten yeah. uh, tblw toku bl Puvian says possibly my fave doctor who story there's so much i want to say but i don't know how to put it into words So i'll leave it as a score instead 10 out of 10 wow brian chapman the data doctor is the pinnacle of modern who and a fitting celebration of the show 9.5 cup of soups out of 10 (laughs) john john winston a triumph plain and simple not my fave era of who but this was faultless bit of tv 10 out of 10 charlie b it's a great episode moff did so well writing this and managed to control himself nine out of ten uh, Dan Pinn says, absolute perfection. 10 out of 10. Smith, Tennant and Hurt are brilliant together. Moffat somehow takes a ton of ingredients and makes them work. Also chucking in a couple of surprises with Baker and Capaldi. Just brilliant. Yes. Uh, Owen, Doctor Who Home says, uh, rather fitting to do this now. In bracket, tenant, exclamation marks. Yeah. Today the Doctor is a delight. Having tenant back in 2013 was really special and he nailed it. John Hurt is fantastic. Uh, and this story is bombastic. A 10 out of 10 lee Calden, a close to perfect as it could have been it crosses every box i'm just taking half a point off for the slightly misjudged in my opinion scene where the 10th insults Elizabeth's looks smell and intelligence <laughs> um, 9.5 sarah louise the running hoovian an absolute joy to watch smith performs beautifully and clearly maintains his position as the doctor despite sharing the screen with his predecessors quote-unquote uh, she gives it a 10 out of 10 and lastly martin holloway says well done the bbc another winner exclamation mark uh, and then over on facebook aaron Lan- aaron lamb gives it 8.5 out of 10 martin arnold uh says honestly it's a reasonably enjoyable story but as an anniversary episode 50 years strong it's nowhere near as strong as the five doctors Mm. for example shoehorning in john hurt made no sense a character we've never heard of or met just for this story same with the shoehorning tom baker and it It was a cut scene but it adds nothing to the story the whole 50th was a wasted opportunity oh martin the first dud score from martin oh dear um dean jones gives it a nine out of ten harry masiniak one of our writers gives it a 10 out of 10 mark harrison 9 out of 10, or 49 out of 50. (laughs) Joseph Howarth, 9 out of 10. Stephen Stewart, 8.5. Gavrick Sawyer, um, a 1 out of 10. Oh, dear. (gasps) Oh, no. Uh, Adam Mamoon, one of our good friends Adam, gives it an 8 out of 10. Charlie Turner gives it a 9 out of 10. Cameron Artley, uh, 8 out of 10. Chris Vint gives it uh, no score, but he's very fond of it. Because he said, I'm off to have a cup of soup. And Toby Coleman gives it a 9.5. So, dude, the average is a 9 for sure.
1: Yeah, so mostly 99% positive there. A couple of people not, not really feeling it. But, um, yeah, quite high scores there mostly.
0: Yeah, Gavrick Sawyer, Martin Arnold, not feeling this one. Oh, no. dear. Oh, dear. Mm. Uh, right, dude. So, well, uh, some great scores there. Right, just to confirm that we're not here next week so no show next week but the week after that what have we got for review
1: yeah so we'll be going back to miracle day and this episode's called red rendition sorry i nearly said redemption rendition it's <laughs> called <laughs> so this is episode two of miracle day
0: nice one back on the old torchwood cool yes all righty on that uh, on that note then let's end it there for 352 all righty thank you thank you very much for coming back and listening to another episode another week that was 352 thank you so much for all of you that jumped onto twitter and facebook to give us your thoughts on our review story this week which was the day of the doctor it's a cracking story and uh i'm not gonna leave it so long before a rewatch on that one i think because i haven't seen it in ages so mm-hmm. yeah thank you very much And if you want to read the social comments in their entirety make sure that you follow us on twitter and facebook links on the website and you can go and read uh, those thoughts and mini-reviews and reply to them if you want. to have some conversation happening over on the old socials. So next, uh, sorry, week after next, we are back on Torchwood for rendition episode two of um, the fourth series. It's series four, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so get your DVDs and your Blu-rays or your your iPlayer fired up to give that a watch because we'll be asking for your thoughts on that one as usual. In the meantime, make sure you're following this podcast on your preferred app of choice so you won't miss a show and it lands every friday or you can listen on the website which is Big Blue Box Podcast at bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all the episodes for free over there plus there are links to go off to the socials and um and our discord server which is also free just hop in there and chat doctor who with other who fans and if you've got a second to leave us a review or a rating on something like apple podcasts or podchaser.com that'd be amazing because that helps us out loads and loads also check out adam's channel on youtube and the socials It's the Geeks Handbag. Go and check it out. Geeks
1: Handbag, yes, lots of dot two vids on there. Go and have a look. Also on all the socials: Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.
0: Indeedy. And have a (laughs) butchers. Right until uh, a couple of weeks' time. Uh, My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember.